Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Alex. They're supposed to be what? what? We're missing somebody. We are. We're missing Steve this week. Oh, so that means I got to carry the load again? Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I'm Greg. I'll actually say my name this time. And you can give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. You can follow Steve at Safamod. And do not follow me at Greg on Sports. I do not need your pity follows. You're going to do this I, as long I, as Biggie is the champion. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to do this as long as Biggie, well, one, as long as Biggie is champion. And as long as it takes me to get to 1,000, because I am almost there, baby. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Podcast and the website pifflespodcast.com. We're brought to you by our great friends on Dairy Queen, at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out right now, especially their fall blizzard menu with uh, oh, the pecan. Pecan pot, so good. Apple and pie. You know, know the best part of it? No raisins. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. It, it, is, it is a butter tart in a blizzard cup with no raisins. It is amazing. Then it's not a butter tart. It is definitely a butter tart. A butter a butter tart is the filling, and it can be made with nuts or raisins or not at all. The butter the, the butter tart is the is the syrup and the tart it has nothing to do with these ugly raisins. We're gonna get into this today, aren't we? This is gonna be our Greek food fight all over again. And there's no Steve to laugh and no no cab driver to go. What the hell is <laughs> yeah, going on in the back seat? We need an Uber driver to tell us what's going on. <laughs> We're also a proud member of the CFP and the Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's jump into it. Time for the opening kickoff. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <clears throat> See, this time you made me laugh doing it. There we go. Riders. Hey, I told you last week on the show, come come listen to the show and listen to uh, our wrong picks, which was basically me, because I picked against the Riders. And sure enough, the Riders went out and dominated, beat Toronto 30-16. to 16. And uh, what I can say about that game right off the bat is, you're welcome, Rider Nation, that I picked against them. And uh, you might be happier later on in the show. We'll get to that in just a little bit, though. Did you follow Jamie but, Nye down a rabbit hole? He kind of is the reason I have a paycheck. So I kind of have to, yeah. I got it. I got to admit that 16 points actually favors, uh, in my mind, favors the Argos. I didn't think the game was that close. Although it's good to see that Charleston Hughes kind of got a sack. I guess it counts. That was the, uh, the Michael Strahan sacking Brett Favre sack. Like it was just given up and it was like half a yard behind the, the line of scrimmage so that doesn't really count yes but does it really no no but uh what i really liked about that game with the riders is they scored on the very opening drive they took that ball down and they went and they scored 
So after two straight games of not scoring against Winnipeg, they came out right away, made an impact, set the tone for the whole game right there. And that was, that was it, honestly, I think for the, for the offense anyway, to know, yes, okay, we got that proverbial, proverbial monkey off our back and we can get into the end zone. And that's exactly what happened. Oh yeah. No, they, the fact that they came out and scored right away, um, which if you look at the other, if you want to look at the other way, playing devil's advocate, that just shows you how good Winnipeg is because Winnipeg's defense is really, really good, but everyone seems thinks, and, and Toronto's got the names. Don't get me wrong. They had judge for the beginning of that game. They have also, obviously they had Charleston Hughes, their linebacking core by the end of that game, though, was absolutely decimated, but like Toronto is a decent team. They beat Winnipeg. Like they showed they can win games. But uh, yeah, the Riders found their set, finally found their second gear after basically having trouble getting it started against Winnipeg. Let's talk for a minute about that offense. One person in particular, Kean Schaefer Baker. This guy is turning into quite the stud. He had 99 yards, had his uh, had a touchdown, and wasn't going to be denied on that touchdown. No, what a what a run that was! A little help from Dan Clark at the end and uh, uh, one of the other alignment. But man, he, I always he love wanted those, to score. I always love those touchdowns when the offensive linemen get involved and basically ragdoll a guy forward. Like even even just to get yardage, it's always funny just to watch those offensive linemen just come up and basically pick up the receiver, running back, and just push. Yep, you can push him, but you can't pull him. So yeah. they did a great job of uh, just forcing him in and making sure he stayed upright. And what a run that was! But we've been talking about there's Mitch Pickton, Braden, Le- Braden Linnaeus, Kean Schaefer Baker, and the Canadian Air Force and whatnot. But this kid looks like the real deal and looking like an absolute steal of a draft pick for Jeremy O'Day. Yeah, in the fourth round in 2020, like great pick. Like our our young Canadian receivers, I I don't know where to begin. Like Lenius is finally coming to his own. Um, Picton is looking really good this year after after the old the yo-yo treatment he got uh, in 2019. Um, we haven't even seen McKinnis this year much because of injury. Uh, and Jana, we like our second round draft pick this year. He's still out there, and he's <laughs> he was expected to go one or two overall. So our, our young Canadian talent, especially on receiver, it's so good right now. Now, if only they can find a deep ball for, uh, for, for Cody Fajardo to uh, make up for in the meantime, just while Shaq Evans is still on the injured list, that would be the only thing this offense is really kind of missing. They got William Powell involved. They I was going to say, you know what? They ball. did get William Powell. They got 2019 William Powell. That was a fantastic bounce back game for him after the first, I guess, third of the season. So to get him going was a big thing, and and I got to give hats off to uh, got to give hats off to Jason Moss, calling a fantastic game for that Ryder offense. Well, way better, and like William Powell, I cannot express how happy I was to watch him just run over guys. Like he came ready to play that game. I don't know if he was dinged up earlier or what, but he just couldn't seem to push those runs out like he used to and knock guys over, but against the Argos, he was just like bulldozing guys. It was great. It was chunk yard after chunk yards. Like it was just not big play, but very, very solid runs one after another. That was, that was great. Speaking of running Cody Fajardo running around. Taking oh my hits God. We were 
we were wondering about how he was going to be with this game, with the concussion he had against Winnipeg in the Banjo Bowl. And I know I was a little skeptic, maybe even starting him this game, but running around, taking hits, like I know that's his style of play and, and we love the guy for it. He's not afraid to take a hit, but dude's got to learn how to slide and not put himself in a bad spot. And that I, that one slide where he dove head first, like, what are you doing? Slide I, with your feet. We, we, we actually got a call. Like I, I kind of, I think I joked uh, in Twitter on that one that uh, Cody's finally a big enough name to get that hit, get that uh, flag. But that I got to admit by the rules that that should not have been a flag. Cause he didn't give he he would go forward. That wasn't a hook slide. He didn't give himself up. He was going for yards, and we got it. But it's like uh, that's a ticky tack call. But, but yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. He, especially coming off a concussion, he's he's going to knock himself out of, this, out of a game one of these days by doing that. Does this worry you? Because it kind of worries me a little bit. But that's also the way that he plays, and that's also how he became a star in this league in 2019 was by those kind of plays. I, it worries me to the fact he, he just came off a concussion. Like we aren't, we weren't even a full week away from him being taken out of a game due to concussion concerns. Do I want, do I want to handcuff the guy uh, from his play style? No, that, that, that doesn't work for, especially some quarterbacks cannot readjust. If you tell them they can't run. Uh, Cody needs that freedom. I'm glad he doesn't do that stupid blind wheel that he he was doing in 2019. <laughs> At least we moved past that. But he, he's got to be able to move, and he's got to be able to know if there's nothing there, I can pull the ball down and go. But if he's going to do that, he still needs the hook slide because one of these days, some guy is going to come up and hit him full steam, and then we're – and I, I'm not scared about going off the arm of I, I, uh, Isaac Harker, but – I, I still would rather have Cody back there. Well, let's move on to the defense. They showed up causing turnovers, and that was one of their better performances of the year, I thought. And that was with a, a banged-up secondary. And I thought they the whole defense played pretty well, including the D-line, who was, again, without A.C. Leonard with his game two of his three-game suspension. Woodard definitely had a, uh, one of their better games after his first two where – he looked like he was going to be be a beast this year, and he was very, very quiet against Winnipeg. So it was good to see him uh, back in the action. And uh, Keon Raymond had a hell of a game, and Dion Lacey was everywhere. And Micah Tights, I can't speak enough about that guy. He is one of the shining stars on this team right now, and I would put the I would put him up there for what probably their best Canadian, depending on how Keon Schaefer Baker uh, uh, finishes off the year. Anyway. Yeah, he's been very, very solid. Nothing flashy by any means out of Micah Tights, but he hasn't really made any mistakes. Uh, the one deep ball he got beat on a couple weeks ago, I mean, you can't fault him for he's up against the receiver. RJ Harris anyway. on any linebacker was going to, is going to win that. It doesn't matter if it's Micah Tights, Cameron Judge, or yeah, yeah it, he, he was screwed. But uh, he's been absolutely great this year, and that's a big testament to this team letting – him take that role and go with it. So the linebackers, Dion Lacey probably had his best game as a rider. He was just everywhere. And uh, how about that goal line stand on third and goal 
at the one yard line for the riders in the first half. I thought that kind of set the tone for defense and kind of shaped the, the entire rest of the game. That Matt, what was that? Mac Henry, right? He was the yeah. one that blew it up in the middle. Fantastic. Oh man. That was, that was, I love watching that stuff. It, anyone who's listened to this podcast long enough knows that I call Mac Henry a meathead all the time. And there's times when he shines because because I, I I look at it like I'm a, a disappointed parent when he does stuff like that. Like you know he's got potential and you're proud of him when he does something, but he does the stupidest thing sometimes. All you do is shake your head, put yourself a beer, and one go Hansel and Gretel's parents had a good idea. But Matt, <laughs> Mac Henry, um, yeah, when he makes plays like that, love the guy. And, but yeah, you know, at some point he does that play and the law of averages says he's going to take an unsportsmanlike penalty late in the game when we, when we need to shut down on a, need to shut down a, an offense and then we're sending it up again. Love the guy, but sometimes he makes it hard. Well, he uh, definitely shut out this last game and it was uh, quite the game for the Riders again, beating Toronto 30 to 16 moving their record up to uh, four and two and tied with BC for second place in the West and kind of keeping pace with Winnipeg, even though it's, they're essentially two games behind them now, but uh, staying there is a, is a big thing, especially with uh, Calgary losing and Edmonton losing last week as well. Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Do you? They've both teams, both Alberta teams have never not made the playoffs in the same year. They've one of the two teams has always made the playoffs since like the beginning of the CFL, which is mind blowing. It's well, yeah, it's a lot of averages when you have uh, eight teams most of the years. So you got to hope one of them makes it, but it's it's going to be weird. Like I I like we we talk about and we joke about how we all just can't wait for Calgary to finally have that slide, and now now we got it, and I don't know what to do with it. It's like, I, I, I don't know if I should be sending like candies to the uh, dream team and or flowers and consoling them on their loss or, no, or, I, I, or, or if I can point and laugh every time I drive by McMahon, cause I'm going to be there a lot this winter, but either way, like, Hey, as you're, you're a Patriots fan, so yep. you know all about success. Oh, believe me. Yes. Football team. So even last year when they sucked, you know how happy everybody was. Oh yeah. I heard about it every, every Sunday. I heard about it every yeah, Sunday. So. I feel like the stamps should probably get that same treatment and hear about it every single week. So, ha you guys suck. <laughs> That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Let's get to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And this story came out on Wednesday and it's, uh, it's another thing here. Gary Peters of the Lions defensive back. He was suspended for this upcoming game against the Riders. One game for verbal abuse of a doping testing official and just overall bad behavior in that. Now, he, he did pee in the cup, so he didn't get suspended for not peeing in the cup like A.C. Leonard. But that's two in three weeks now that have gotten suspended for verbal abuse of a doping tester. So I have a couple questions on this. First off, what the hell is going on here? Like, in, like I know... The doping testers, they have a tough job. You're going to guys after losses and you're like, all right, man, I'm going to follow you around until you piss in this cup. Like you get these big macho guys that are pissed off after a loss and have all the adrenaline going and and whatnot. That's the last thing they want to do. I know they signed up for it by being a pro athlete. That's what comes with the territory. But 
if you lose, especially after a loss, you don't want to go get pulled out of the line and, and have to do that. That's just, it's frustrating. It's pain in the ass. And it's like, come on guy, really? So I want to know what's going on here. Like are the, the doping officials, cause they've always taken crap from players before. Are they just saying we've had enough? We're not going to take this anymore. And we're going to report every single guy that's an a-hole to us or are AC Leonard and Gary Peters going above and beyond what they've normally treated these guys like. So we probably won't ever get the truth out of that, the real truth, but what's going on with this? Cause we've never seen this before. Well, I can, I can also say if uh, I'm AC Leonard and I, and I can't pee for seven hours, I'd probably uh, lose my mind too. Uh, is the story now uh, apparently is coming out. He was there till 2 a at the stadium till 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, but I don't know. Gary Peters, yeah, that just kind of came out. And it, like you said, these guys got terrible. Like these uh, testers have terrible jobs as it is. Believe me, no, no, no one went to school to go, hey, I want to catch urine in a cup. Like that, <laughs> that is, it, hey, if you, if you went to school and if that's what you wanted, like if, my, if, my, if my son comes to me tomorrow and goes, dad, I'm going to catch urine in a cup and test it and so make athletes clean, I, I would t- sit them down and we'd have a conversation. But you know what? It's it's an honest day's living. Like <laughs> the, the guy just has bills to pay. Yeah, there's nothing so, wrong with it. Yeah, like, like you, you learn to treat people with respect. And yeah, like you said, like it's it sucks after your loss. And I can understand, especially being frustrated that you're stuck at the stadium till two o'clock in the morning and you're stuck with a guy you don't know following you around the entire time. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, these guys have jobs to do. And peeing in a cup is part of your job or you don't need to be in the league. So um, don't be, don't, don't be a jerk. It's that simple. It just comes down to the simple fact of don't be a jerk. And, uh, and you won't get suspended by the CFL. Uh, of course you mentioned AC Leonard uh, speaking, the media put him or the riders put him up to the media for the first time since his uh, multiple suspensions, of course, suspended twice for three games. But uh, did you, he was remorseful. He sounded genuinely remorseful just for hurting the team. And he obviously won't get into the details of what happened in that. Uh, and then we'll call it the non-piss test because he didn't pee, but which is fair. Like I said, we're never going to know really what happened, but he sounded genuinely remorseful for hurting the team. He knows that he hurt the team. So I think it was just one of those things. Look, let's put you out there get this over with and we can just focus on football. And we heard last week, everyone, once the suspension came in, this another, the second one was, Oh, cut him, cut him. No, he didn't do anything criminal. If he did, then, okay. That's a totally different story we're having or discussion we're having, but he answered the media. He, he answered the questions. Time to move on, get him, get him ready for next week against Calgary. All I can say is to the people that want him cut you're either you're in or you're out. I see nothing, what you did there. Yeah, nothing, nothing. All right. Uh, by the way, by the way, that's there. probably the title of the episode. Just so you know. <laughs> what? What, what, Amy? Oh, she even you even made Amy laugh. There you go. She's so, a pretty tough critic. No, pretty, t- pretty tough crowd. That's a tough crowd. I, I can, I can speak uh, <laughs> by experience. <sighs> oh, you know, as I'm sick of talking about pee. Like, uh, <laughs> my, my kids are in diapers. I am done talking about me. 
But one more thing in the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones we want to get to, and that's Wednesday night football. Okay, we'll come out and say this this game already happened. Um, I saved myself two and a half to three hours by not watching it. It looked like it was an, it was a monsoon Hamilton at Ottawa, and it just looked like it was not fun. I think the, there was maybe 14 people in attendance. Like, but Wednesday night football this week, woof, especially after playing on Friday and Saturdays. And then we have Tuesday football next week. And this isn't even, we're not even getting to the point where we're at the Edmonton rescheduling thing where they have to play three games in six days. Like this is which a Wednesday and a Tuesday game? F- yeah. Like, I, 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 I hate this rat spin the random wheel on CFL games. This has always been a problem though, with Montreal, especially Montreal. Um, I don't know why they're playing a Wednesday night game tonight. I, I can't imagine there's too much going on in a pandemic that would affect stadium availability. But well, and, that, and that's my question. Like, what's going on? Like, I know a lot of the East teams, they share their fields with uh, with the high schools, with the colleges and whatnot. But really, you guys are getting bumped out for that. Like, there, you can't, there's, there's not another time later in the week that we can have this game. Like, this is just ridiculous, especially next week on a Tuesday. Are you kidding me? Like, and that's one thing. The Wednesday wasn't available. Like, what the hell? And that's the thing about the NFL and Sunday is much watch, must watch TV. Monday night became much must watch TV. Then they brought in Thursday and Thursday was only Thanksgiving, but people set like there was fan fans that uh, Thanksgiving Thursday in the NFL, we are doing it. Well, if you're a Madden fan, you're doing a turducken and you're watching the <laughs> Cowboys lay a licking on the lions because the lions always suck. Even if the Cowboys suck, but like you keep the best way to keep a fandom going is keep your games or keep your television show where it should be. If you're constantly changing what night it's on, you're missing your fans. I'm sorry. Like it's the CFL has got to stop that. It's one thing to go from Thursdays to Sundays if you got to, and just kind of work your way around the NFL schedule. It's another thing when all of a sudden you throw in a Tuesday game and then a Wednesday game and they're never going to touch Mondays, but it's, I don't know. I, I hate that. How many people, I want to know how many people actually knew that there was a game on Wednesday night. I honestly so kind of I, forgot. People- I, I kind of forgot about it until Steve was like, Hey, we need to get our picks in. I'm like, what? 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 Okay. Well, and how many people are turning on TSN just for the heck of it, seeing this game. And they're like, Oh, did I miss this? Is this a replay from last week? But the, but the good news is it's Hamilton, Ottawa, so no one cares. Oh, that was – I watched maybe about seven minutes of it. It was god-awful. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to blame the players. It was played in a monsoon. Like, it was just raining hard. Brad Snopley night. So, I'm guessing the, uh, God's an Ottawa uh, Red Blocks fan, and he's crying because Snopley was there, and they, they lost every single one of the quarterbacks, so they probably could have threw Snopley in there. Probably should have. But, well, I guess uh, next week we'll talk about Tuesday Night Football and why that's a thing as well. It, so we're, just we're, we're going to talk – we're going to do our pick after the game because I don't see us recording on Tuesday. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about this Riders game coming up against the Lions Friday night, 8.30 in BC, late game. That's going to be tough to stay awake if you're, uh, if you're a morning person. So, um 
tiebreaker is at stake. The riders right now have the, but if BC wins by five points or more, the Lions have the tiebreaker against the riders. And with both teams being four and two right now, that's a huge thing. This is, we look at the schedule and you're like, yeah, okay, this is a pretty big game division rival. But when you think about the tiebreaker in here and how you're only playing these teams twice, you're not playing teams three times this year. This is a huge game. If the Riders want to have a home playoff game this season, this is almost, I don't want to say it's a must-win game because it's not, but it's a very, very important game. You, you, you know, do you remember when the Riders were up huge at half against BC and then they let it go all away? How big would even a 10-point win that game would have been instead of a four? Like the Riders made that game way too close, and the uh, Lions are definitely playing a lot better. Um, and those late games in BC do ne- never do the Riders any favors. Never, do- never does anyone any favors actually going out to BC and playing those late games. Well, you know the the Riders have actually had a pretty good success in BC lately in uh, 2018, 2019. William Powell absolutely loves playing there. He's scoring touchdowns left and right against the Lions in BC. So, hey, maybe if they get him going again nice and early, that's a good thing for the Riders. What worries me, though, about this game coming up, I'm not worried about the Riders' offense. I'm not worried about Cody Fajardo taking hits. I'm more worried about the defense in the sense that they still gave up, what was it, 29 points to BC in the first game. Lucky Whitehead has turned into a legitimate number one guy in the CFL. And Michael Riley his arm strength is back to where it normally is. He's not going to be throwing up ducks like he did in that first game against the Riders. So with a kind of a banged up and moved around secondary, this is going to be a test for them up against Michael Riley. Yes, but the good news is our defensive line played really strong against the BC offensive line in that first game. It didn't matter if it was Michael Riley or Rourke behind. So I, I think our our defensive line is basically going to pin their ears back and try to cause havoc, thus keeping Michael Riley from finding those guys deep. But at the same time, I'm not that concerned about our, our secondary. Our secondary is pretty solid. Well, and the nice thing is getting Ed Ganey back this week. He, of course, was out with a toe injury, um, so he's going to be back. What they're going to do in the secondary is actually move Lucia's Purifoy to safety with Mike Edom out, and they're going to move Heli Buka to corner where he's kind of a little bit more used to playing. So they're going to shift things around. But in this Jason Shivers defense, you got to be able to play multiple positions. You got to be able to play safety and then drop back into, into different coverage and play zone and play man. So it's not like there's a design, like you're going to be in that spot the whole game along, unless you're Nick Marshall, who basically plays the, the field corner the whole time. Um, having that flexibility, you got to be a good player. And it also confuses the offense as well when you're moving around the defense if you're looking for a specific guy. So you're going to have different people covering Lucky Whitehead and Brian Burnham. And so it's not going to be the same guy over and over. And that could be to the Riders' advantage here. But holy crap, am I glad we got so many good Canadian receivers. Don't get me wrong, putting Buka on that side is is great. But the fact that we actually have Canadians in hand as starters, like we could have went with an All-American secondary and not hurt ourselves. Like that is, it's nice actually having flexibility for once because it's been a while since we've had that. Well, it allows them to go with four Americans on the D line, which is uh, what they did last game against Toronto. And obviously you can still rotate in Mac Henry and, and 
uh, Debeer if he's on the roster and whatnot. But it uh, allows them to play their absolute best players all the time. So this flexibility that they have, especially with the receivers. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Key and, ba- Key and Schaefer Baker does as an encore from his uh, first real big breakout game in the CFL going up against a team now without, like we mentioned, Gary Peters with the Lions. Although he is going to uh, apparently appeal and hope he can play against the Riders on Friday. Oh, the old uh, Simone Lawrence uh, wait for the appeal for uh, over like six weeks and then finally get <laughs> sat down. Yeah, got to find an arbitrator. Or who who is who is it that um, uh, wasn't Ottawa a player from Ottawa uh, got suspended for the Grey Cup, appealed it, and then they let him play in the op- <laughs> they end up basically just washing it out. Yes, I forget who that was, but he had to miss the first game the next year. You're right. And yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? And that was it. Like it was supposed to be a two game suspension. So it was supposed to be the Grey Cup and the first game the following year. And then he arbitrated it and then got to play in the Grey Cup. And I think they won that year. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, you just missed the home opener. I'm like, what a joke that was. Uh, That's the CFL for you when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, one more note on this game on the offensive line, Andrew Lauderdale left tackle is going to be out. So that puts Brett Boyko starting. I'm a little bit worried about that. I know BC, I, BC plays. I hope he doesn't have flashbacks because when he played in BC plays, he was a turnstile. Yeah, he was absolutely terrible. I mean, he was okay to start the season here, the first few games, but that was with Moss and, Fajardo getting rid of the ball within a second and a half every single play. So it was all quick, quick, quick stuff. So maybe that's what we see again. But I mean, the flexibility, obviously, having the Canadian starter is nice, but having Lauderdale would be nicer. And I'm a little bit worried about Boyko out there on the on the island. So we'll see if uh, they bring in some uh, tight end sets or six O line sets just to kind of off balance that a little bit and how they how they attack the BC defense. Oh, come on. They also got uh, Georgia St. John. They can throw in any time they want. Uh, do you <laughs> want to, though? <laughs> I think everybody knows how much. Oh, uh, well, well, you know, well, the guy that drafted him's back in the league. They can take him. You know, he's a consultant. Oh, yeah. It's official. Chris Jones back in the CFL. Who's going to be on the green zone on Friday on uh, CJ? Oh, Lane's my game. Lord. I don't normally cheap plug my show, but uh, I'm cheap plugging my show right now. <laughs> yeah, I love I the fact that he's a cons- I want to know, okay, because I, I brought this up on Twitter. I'm very curious on the entire front office management cap because you know he's not getting paid in like Raptors merchandise and pizza pizza tokens. Like uh, he he quit a I'm high school football's big down there. I'm assuming relatively well paying job after one game. <laughs> to come back to the CFL to be a consultant and he's calling the plays like he ain't working for free people. Come on. No. And he didn't come up just to be just to call the plays and run the defense. He came in to do more than that. So, um, but going to the cap part of it, while they have their defensive coordinator, coordinator Glenn Young and uh, the other uh, defensive assistant that he had, they're both on the suspended list. Are they suspended? I thought they were on leave. Whatever can, can, you want to can, call can it. you no, but can you actually suspend coaches? That's what I like. Like I, this is this entire thing is weird. The team can, the league can't because they're they're. Uh, that's the word I'm looking for, like a freelancer almost, yeah. contracted contractor basically. And um, that's always bothered me about the salary, uh, the uh, management salary cap. 
It's not the well, same. Yeah, it's, not whole, collect- it's not collectively bargained. So how can you do that? Yeah, that whole thing was stupid to begin with. And uh, oh, I agree. I think was... I think it's dumb. But if we're, we're if we're going to make rules up randomly, let's actually figure out a way how they work properly. Well, it's funny because the guy who caused that, Chris Jones, is the yeah, one once now. again causing havoc in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> of course it was Craig Reynolds who uh, really wanted to put that cap into place. Uh, once. Uh, what do you, what, what do you mean you can't have twenty-two coaches on the sideline? Yeah. Well. You can if you have Chris Jones, but Chris Jones, I mean, if I'm Ryan Dinwiddie, if this team starts to suck, I'm worried about my job security because oh. Chris Jones is right there. And all this guy's done in this league is win. And I kind of was a bit of a smart ass on Twitter when Dinwiddie came out and he was kind of given his, I mean, I know, I know <laughs> I, it slipped out, you know, I, I it happened like, Everyone, everyone has their flaws. I, I had, I had a bad day. It, I, I, I kind of, I kind of became a little snarky. I didn't have a Snickers. All right, but uh, so yeah, Dinwiddie was doing his little spiel at halftime there, and I'm like, well, uh, you know, yeah, there you go. Thank you, thank you for the offer of the Snickers. It doesn't help there. The Snickers, Zoom. yeah. But uh, <laughs> he was giving his uh, opinion on how the first half went. And I'm like, well, it's good to know that Dinwiddie's ready for a second career after Chris Jones pushes him out. Because yeah, he, he can be an analyst. Because uh, that I can't imagine having Chris Jones behind you, and you have to think it wasn't his idea to hire him. No, no, this is a John Murphy, maybe Pinball Clemens kind of hire. Uh, well, I guarantee you, Murph went to Pinball, and Pinball thought it was a yep. great idea. Yep. Because what's the point? Like Chris Jones was like, like he was getting paid to coach another football team. It doesn't matter if it's high school or not. He was. He had a job. He wasn't supposedly he wasn't looking because he vomited all over himself because he was so heartbroken that he quit a job to take a higher paying. I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> Chris Jones shows no emotion. So don't tell me that you were sick to yourself. Well, the good news for the Argos is that if the uh, if he does kind of uh, turn that defense into a typical Chris Jones defense and get the most out of his players, and and we, I know we. Ryder fans will rag on Chris Jones for getting rid of John Chick and Weston Dressler after a three and 15 season, but the players generally speaking, love the guy. They love playing for him. Defenses are better when they're run by Chris Jones. He laid the foundation here that we see in Saskatchewan with Jason, Jason Shivers and Shivers is turning into a fantastic defensive coordinator himself, but he got that from Chris Jones. And if this Argos team starts turning around and, and getting their defense really, really, you know, fired up and playing really well. Yeah, that looks great for Chris Jones, but that also looks really good for Ryan Dinwiddie. So if if they win, then if I'm Ryan Dinwiddie, I'm not really worried about it. Well, the good the thing about Chris Jones is he is a player's coach unless he doesn't like you, and then he's no longer your coach. But <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guys that the guys that love him will run through a wall for him. The guys who he tells one thing and shows them a door and the other hate him for life. And that's the difference between him and Dickie. Like they're both technically players coaches, but Dickinson, the player, you can tell the players legit love Dickinson. Like he, he will basically go on a line for them as he did with AC Leonard. And even though it looked really, really bad. <laughs> Hey, AC Leonard, when uh, he spoke to the media, said, got to thank my coach for uh, for having my back. And that's what any good coach will do is he'll kind of take the fall for his player and, and 
I don't want to say cover things up because that's not necessarily what happened, but he will do whatever he can to take the bullets off of the player. Yeah, he, he will deflect as best he can for his player. And another thing about Dickinson is, you know, he won't sugarcoat it. Like he will do what's best for both the team and the player. Yep. And that's all you can ask for him. Well, we talked about this game. Let's get to uh, picking our games this week. I know we have, it's easy to say right now, as we know, Hamilton beat Ottawa. We, we were all on Hamilton. If but there, there's no, there's Ottawa. no way that anyone was on Ottawa. If you were on Ottawa, congratulations, uh, Dominic Davis's mother. <laughs> so we did all pick that. And of course it was in our uh, pivotalspodcast.com picks, which was time stamped. So yes, that happened before the game took place. So we have proof. We actually got that one right. Um, only three games this week and the other two are both on Friday. So there's no Saturday games, which really kind of, I could rant about that right now. Like, come on, you guys, you can't have a game on Saturday as well too. Like, geez. Anyway, Montreal at Toronto. I'm on Toronto. So am I. There's something about this game that uh, Montreal should win this when you look at the teams on paper, but I like Toronto in this one too. And we are uh, apparently against everything that the CFL riders wanted or picked, they, I should uh, say. Yeah, they uh, were unionized by going a uh, full Hamilton, Montreal, and BC sweep. I, I, I can't believe no one veered off that, but and especially the Toronto Montreal game, I think yeah that that one is more of a coin flip than the actually I think actually Saskatchewan BC is a bit of a coin flip too, but I can't believe none of them like veered like Hamilton well, was Hamilton was easy. But, but yeah, Montreal, Montreal, Toronto, complete coin flip. But I, I like Toronto just a little bit more. Well, and considering that game is actually in Toronto as well, too. If it was in Montreal, I could see everybody being all over Montreal. But the game's in Toronto, and they're coming off a loss, so they're going to be fired up, ready to go. And so that's, and Montreal's look good, but not that great. Like they, they're so hot and cold. Well, I just get, I, I don't trust them yet. They'll get Kahari Jones back on the sidelines this one. There was no robot Kahari Jones, which was kind of disappointing to see. Like we, we gave we gave the CFL a top notch idea, and once again they just ignored all my emails and cards. And finally, the Riders at BC. I could make a case either way on this. I know Steve's picking the Riders in this one. I, I can make I a case for for either team, and I I honestly see the Riders with the lead in the final win of the game. I really do. And then I see them BC getting the ball back with. 50 seconds left and Riley putting them in field goal position and winning. I can also see that happening the other way. BC having a slight lead and Fajardo running the team down. We can have 11 point lead and losing BC. I'll never forget (laughs) that game. As long as I live 11 minutes left, 11 points up two minutes left. And I literally went, looked over to my friend watching the game. We're sitting at Mooseman Lake and I go to my buddy. I'm like, there's no way we're going to lose this game. We lost the game. Yep. (laughs) Those BC think, games have the wildest finishes. They always have the weirdest finishes. I think for the good of Rider Nation and the best for this team, with my track record picking against the Riders this year, I think that I should pick BC for this one because that'll mean I'm wrong and that'll be a Rider win. So I'm going to go by only one or two points BC. So that means the Riders would still have the tiebreaker and would still finish higher than them in the Western division. Should they finished with an even record? Okay. Now you got me worried about us finishing this game on a last second field goal. 
from like the I, 18 yard line. That's that's all. That's all, that's all, that's all I'm Don't blame the holder. That's all I'm saying. Don't blame the holder, especially when it's the great Dennis Guile. Perfect hold. Laces out. It was, not his, it was not his fault. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Greg, nice to see you. You too. Hey, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, looking good. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. And be, be sure to check out your local PFC teams. That game, uh, sorry, I got to finish that, that Hilltops Rams uh, Thunder game. Wow. wow. And uh, well, and also uh, youth sports football gets going this weekend as well, too. So lots of football. And the, uh, the CIS is back. Like, there's a ton of football out there, guys. Like, don't get me wrong. This is a Riders podcast, but football right now is popping off. Go check out get some out there. games. There's some really good young teams out there. Get out there and support. That's right. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert.